You're listening to the Peak Performance Project, the show dedicated to helping you go from underdog to elite in your sport. I'm Tommy Clark, a certified nutrition coach with experience coaching athletes from the high school level all the way up to the professional level. And if you're looking to maximize your athletic performance through proven nutrition, training, and mindset strategies, this is the podcast for you. Let's get it. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the Peak Performance Project. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today I'm interviewing my good friend and pro basketball player, Taylor Statham. And Taylor's been through a lot in his career and overcome quite a bit of adversity, so I know this one's going to be a really interesting, fun, and helpful episode for a lot of you. So if you guys enjoy this one, definitely be sure to drop a five-star rating and review if you're new around here, and subscribe for new episodes every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with amazing guests just like Taylor. And as always, if you enjoy this, you find value out of it, it would mean a lot to me if you went ahead and shared this episode with a friend, family member, teammate, really anyone who you think would benefit from this sort of information. And one way you can do that is by taking a screenshot of the episode and posting it on your Instagram story, on Facebook, whatever social media platforms you use. Tag me in it at T. Clark Nutrition so that way I can personally thank you and see who and what uh, you want to hear on the podcast going forward. And then last but not least, before we get into the episode, if you haven't already, I'd highly recommend checking out the four nutritional mistakes that are destroying your athletic performance ebook that is linked down below. And as the title would suggest, we go over the four most common mistakes I see athletes make literally all the time that are costing you performance on the court and costing you and your ability to recover and stay healthy long term. So we want to take care of those so you can really maximize your performance on the basketball court, the field whatever sport you play. So as always, really appreciate you tuning in. I know you're going to find a lot of value in this episode with Taylor. And without any further ado, let's get into the interview. All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the podcast. I have my guy Taylor Statham here with me. How's it going, man? Good. How are you doing, man? I appreciate you having me. Good, man. Just living the living the quarantine life, trying to Where are we all find right my now? trash. Hand- I'm, I'm working on my handles a lot more this during the quarantine because I don't have a hoop in my house anymore. So kind of yeah. forced to improve those usually i just shoot three pointers from the corner but <laughs> don't really have that luxury now nice add a little a new element to your game i'm trying i'm trying yeah maybe that and see if i can jump a little bit but i'll come out the quarantine doing windmills yeah you just got to fight those genetics man <laughs> <laughs> honestly but um yeah man i appreciate you coming on the show just for everyone for everyone listening we recorded a podcast episode a while back and i don't know what happened to the audio um when I updated my computer is something it must have got corrupted or lost or something like that. So unfortunately that episode didn't get released. But really happy to have Taylor back on for the second round. And uh, as we're getting into it, just kind of let everyone know a little bit more about like who you are, what you do, kind of how you got into basketball and, and what you're doing now. Definitely, definitely. Uh Taylor Statham, five year pro overseas now. Uh I, I played at Cal State San Bernardino. Originally, I'm from Los Angeles, from North Hollywood. I grew up in Santa Clarita. Um, so, yeah, half the year I spend playing pro basketball, trying to dominate overseas. And then the other half, I come home and just do everything I can to help kids in my area, uh, you know, reach their goals, move on to college, get scholarships. Um, I help a lot of guys from college all over the world transition to the pro game. 
Um, and then the last couple of years, uh, my business has really jumped uh, to a lot of pros coming to Santa Clarita to work with me, um, me placing over 30 pros overseas. Um, and then on top of that, just throwing events, just anything, um, just anything to uplift, you know, the basketball culture. Yeah. Awesome, man. So what does that, what does that process look like of like placing guys overseas? Like what, what's your role in that? Um, so, you know, I, I'm not like FIBA certified agent or anything. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting it for a while, but, uh, right now I'm just, you know, I just work with tr teams directly. Obviously I've okay. played in a lot of countries. I've played in 12 countries. Um, you know, every country I've played in, I've won a championship or won an individual award. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So I'm, pretty respected in these countries. Um, you know, and it just started like early in my career. I just, you know, wanted to help some friends out and, you know, I knew teams were looking for guys and I, I tell them like, Hey man, I'd really sell them. I show them the highlights. I'd help them put together like yeah. little player profiles and things like that. Cause, um, you know, for pro like for guys who want to go overseas, they don't understand how important it is. Um, simple things like having a resume, having highlights set up, because these teams overseas have no idea who you are. They have no idea, yep. you know, unless you're playing at, at Duke on TV all the time or these big schools or you're a big name, they have no idea who you are or what school you go to or any of that stuff. Um, so just, you know, I just started helping my friends and then, you know, guys from LA that I play with in the Drew and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then it just really grew. And then, you know, now like teams are randomly, it's like so random throughout the year. <laughs> Teams will hit me up like, yeah. hey, I need, I need a center. Uh, this is the salary, or I need a point guard. And then what was cool is last year, uh, this tournament in China hit me up, and they're like, hey, man, like two teams dropped out. We need you to send two teams to China. We'll pay for all the expenses. Um, so it was cool. Like my guys, yeah, a bunch of them who haven't played overseas yet, um, I paired them up with guys who are veterans, um, mm -hmm. you know, you know, guys like Justin Howard, who've played like 15 years overseas, DeCorey Jones, like some of the guys on my interviews, um, just so they look after these younger rookies who are trying to transition into the pro game. And it was cool, man. They really got a taste of what overseas is like. They went to China. It was in the negative degrees. They're playing in a gym <laughs> where they had to wear a jacket on the bench, you know, and they got used crazy. to the breeze and, and just like, you know, all the inequalities of, of playing overseas and holding yourself like a professional. So, mm -hmm. Dope. So how was, how was your own transition from college to overseas? Was it relatively smooth or like did that kind of inspire you to help these guys out and kind of do more of what you're doing now? Yeah. I mean, along the way, whether it was high school, um, you know, in high school I transferred my sophomore year, I got kicked off the team. My junior year, I was ineligible because of the transfer. So I only got one year of varsity. So it was just like always mm -hmm. an uphill battle for me. I went to prep yeah. school, prep school. I held over 20 offers and I was diagnosed with cancer um had to go through chemo lost all that and then had, had to come crazy. back from that and then um my freshman year went to cal baptist went just dealt with this crazy crazy coach who seemed like he hated everybody um ended up transferring out of that situation to a better situation at cal state san Bernardino. so you know every level was just it was always an uphill battle for me um, yeah. before i made it to the top so for me i feel like i can relate to so many different players because i've had so many different roles on you know different teams um, I've been at the bottom, you know, I've been at the point where I'm like, dang, is it even worth it anymore? Like wanting to quit. I've, I've had basketball taken away from me. Um, so 
just seeing all these different angles has allowed me to not only feel for guys, but also understand just different situations outside of my own. Um, but yeah, transitioning to overseas for me was, it was hard. Like I, I came from a division two school, you know, if you're not playing D one, it, you know, agents don't really yeah. reach out to you as much. Um, you don't get as much help. If you don't have an agent and you go into these G league tryouts, doesn't matter how good you are, you know, you probably won't get picked up just cause of the political side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just learning through that. And, uh, you know, luckily I had some blessings drop in my lap. Like I'm part Filipino. So, you know, people in the Philippines knew who I was. I had a few friends who played out there. So I just kind of like took a leap of faith. The team offered me out there and, um, I went out there and played and, you know, one thing kind of just led to the next and, uh, and yeah, man. So now, now, now we're five years in and now I'm, I'm That's the crazy. one like placing guys. So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy how full circle it gets. For sure. How did you mentally like get through? Cause like, those aren't small little adversities. Like people are like, oh, I'm on the, I'm at the end of the bench. Like, this is so tough, but like you got tons of roadblocks placed in front of you. Like, how were you able to just keep going like time after time? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can see my shirt right now, but I mean, this says it all, you know, dreamer. For sure. I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, just, you know, since I was a little kid, I just had these dreams and, in my head, nobody was going to take them from me. And it was just yeah. kind of like a thing where once I overcame one adversity, it's like, okay, now what's the next challenge? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, just the more success that came with basketball, the more obsessed I became with it. And the more obsessed I became, the more work that came. And the more work, the more success. So it was just like this revolving door, like, okay, after a while, I know I'm going to hit a roadblock. I know something's around the corner and it's just going to knock me off my feet. There's always going to be something, man. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, you're not going to get through life unscraped. Um, so yeah, man, I just always wanted to kind of be that pillar and always wanted to be an inspiration for kids. So even when I wasn't that, you know, I, I mm -hmm. always held myself like, you know, no, I have, you know, like when I was like yeah. 15, 16 and nobody probably even knew who I was, I was like, <laughs> no, I have to make it through this. And I, I have to yeah. do this because one day I'm going to inspire all these kids and, you know, it's pretty magical. I get so caught up in, in the next goal and the, and the next goal and just like over obsessing about being at the top all the time. But sometimes it's yeah. really cool, especially when I do throw like camps in other countries and stuff. And, and you get to just see how much of a difference, you know, you can make in all these different places just by not quitting and just by pushing through adversities. Definitely, man. And like for the younger guys listening, what are some like skills that, are kind of overlooked or maybe not worked on as much as they should be that guys could focus on like to help make that or help make them more like, I guess, appealing to coaches like at the next level, whether that be college or overseas or wherever they're trying to play. Are you, um, I feel like there's a few, I feel like, okay. I feel like one who you are as a person is really gonna, it's always mm -hmm. gonna catch up to you. So yeah. I've, I, I've been around so many talented players and, and I've played at some of the top schools with these guys who should be in the NBA and they're not for one reason or another. And, and it's just like their bad characteristics, like catch up to them. Like I, I played with a dude who I didn't understand why he wasn't a top five pick in the, in the NBA draft. And wild, you know, he, he had a chance at three different division ones before he went to my D2. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he cheated on the SAT. He got caught stealing. He cut, you know, and it's yeah. just like, 
who you are as a person will, will always catch up with you. And it might not, you know, you may be a, a star in high school, you may be a star in college, but once you go pro, man, they hold you to such a different standard because now you're the face of an organization. You know, now you're older, yeah. now you get in trouble with the law. So I feel like just who you are as a person, because there's been a lot of instances where, um, you know, I'm sure people have taken a chance on me just because, you know, they see I'm a good person and I'm trying yeah. to help, you know, you're more keen to help somebody who is a good person rather than somebody who's just like out for themselves. I think that's Definitely. one. I think two, um, it's a job at this point. So you have to approach it like a job. I feel like a lot of people just think cause they go to open gyms and they work out here and there, like they're going to go overseas. That's not it. You're fighting against the guys already overseas who are established and have just years of a resume, you know, everybody, once you go overseas has played at a D one or two and for sure. it was all conference and this and that. Um, and then once you're there, it's just like continuing to work because now you have 500 other guys graduating from a D one, 500 other guys from a D two who are just coming yeah. for their job. Um, and then outside of basketball, I feel like it's just networking. Networking is a huge skill. Mm -hmm. Um, on these interviews I've done on Instagram, I, I've talked to so many players um, who are American imports and they'll just bounce from one job to the next. And it's just incredible. And, you know, the biggest thing they say is, man, I have all my stuff. It's perfect on a resume, uh, clean for a team to read so they can see all my stats and, you know, everything yeah. in order, all my highlights are there from each country. And, and I think that's a huge part because that's the only way these teams uh, really know who you are and see how you fit in their system. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The relationship, the relationships part of it is huge. I remember like when we were recording that first interview, like you were in the middle of putting together the charity game for the, um, the like the Saga's charity game. And you're just like texting people. I remember you were texting, like, I don't know if you texted Meta directly or someone who knew Meta, yeah. but like the amount of just connections that you had. Um, I was and, texting like, him and like, and like two people, yeah. <laughs> his yeah, brother, uh, like one of his like agents. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah, to. it was wild. Like you you're putting it. it together and like just that, how quickly it all came together. I mean, mm. like that's just, it's crazy and a testament to like your ability to create those relationships. Definitely, definitely, man. For sure. And now that, so kind of this past season, um, where were you at and kind of how did it go before the whole quarantine situation kicked in? Yeah, so this year um, I played in the IBL in Indonesia. Um we were two weeks away from playoffs. Um, it went well, you know, I was a, I was a top pick um, cause they have like a, a import draft over there. So you yep. got to each team like drafts the import. So I was one of the top picks. So unfortunately, like I went to a team that wasn't that good. Um, so I had a lot of young guys, um, yep. you know, so, and we had a new coach who was an American coach who had coached in Europe and, and a lot of top leagues and, you know, he was trying to prove himself and, you know, he was like a drill sergeant. He, he's still learning, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's young. So he's still learning Definitely. that difference between pushing everybody to the extreme, but also understanding like, all right, this is bigger than basketball. People have like other things outside of basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, some of our locals aren't that good. They're not going to become that good because the, you know, they just, they just don't care. Um, yeah. So just kind of like finding a way to, you know, a, a big, key this year for my team was like energy because um, energy mm -hmm. is so contagious and with my team since they were young guys and they're looking up to guys we're playing who are on the national team and stuff 
Um, you know, they're just always intimidated. So if you, if you give that negative reinforcement because of how their culture was, um, you know, they would just shrink and Mm -hmm. you see it on the court, you see it in their face, but if you would uplift them, you know, and, and maybe like you're caught up in the game and you're upset, but you uplift them. Um, and you just tell them like, Hey man, it's all right. We all make mistakes. Like just keep playing. Let's have fun. Let's do this. You know, you just see them like all the pressure is gone. Now they can play. Um, so this year was for me, it was kind of an uphill battle. Um, I dealt with a lot of injuries. Like I broke, I broke my finger right before I went into training camp, like in, in some adult league championship game. So, so like midway through season, my finger is like falling yeah. off because I can only, I can only tape it. I can't do anything. For sure. Um, and then, yeah, just like all these little like nagging. Did you get some like crazy, like fever or something you were telling me about? Yeah, so I actually got malaria when I was out there. We had a couple weeks off. And, uh, That's crazy. Me my, yeah, me and my girlfriend, uh, we went to Bali and had like the most amazing trip. Yeah. It, it was like, you can't even describe it. You can see the pictures on Instagram. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the dog. <laughs> but yeah, so so we had this amazing trip and we went to like all these beautiful beaches, saw this beautiful scenery, you know, just yeah. Dream vacation, and then you know I come back and we're about to practice. I practice one day, and then I after practice I just have this fever, and yeah, I had a fever for two weeks, and I guess I caught malaria from a little mosquito bite when we we're in the jungle. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's wild. But yeah, so is the season now? Is is it is it done, or is because I know a couple of guys I've talked to have said it's like po- their seasons are postponed. Like, is yours technically postponed still or is it is it no our our season's over everybody everybody's um i know like a couple like some of the top leagues like euro league maybe they'll come back yeah playoffs or the nba hopefully but it's hard man for sure and are you do you plan on going back next year or are you going somewhere else next year kind of up in the air still um it's kind of up in the air Mm um i'll actually i'm having my my firstborn baby boy uh in august we just we just had a gender reveal awesome congrats yeah thank you so much so um you know i kind of just want to take some time off and really focus on definitely you know just the baby be there for it and you know i I don't want to just have a kid and and leave my girl with the kid and and ball is ball is life bro yeah but i mean and plus and plus you know like last year i was gone with the philippine the philippines national team for 3x3 so i was gone all year um, and then, you know, that was like a big, a big summer for a lot of my players. So when mm-hmm. I'm gone, like all the players in my Academy, you know, I just, I, I just wish I could be there and help. Yeah. So like this summer I had so many plans, like coming home, I had like all these programs, all these events planned. And, you know, I had been talking to guys, guys were coming in town and it's just kind of been, yeah, like, we're going to do nutrition yeah. stuff. Huh? We're going to do like nutrition stuff as well. Yeah. 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 And, and that was a big part of the program man. having you yeah. come and talk to them and, and break down. Cause you know, these kids are eating McDonald's and Oh yeah. And all this stuff. Like even though, even the pros, the bro, huh? I remember when we, when we talked like a while back about like nutrition stuff, you're eating like pizza. I mean, your options were limited, albeit, but like <laughs> pizza Hut and McDonald's and shit. I'm like, bro, yeah. we gotta, no, no, but that's, that's the tough part about overseas. Like if you're definitely, like, yeah. Indo- Indonesia had no Westernized food. So it was it was all like spicy food or like these foods you don't really trust you could get sick or yeah. it's like McDonald's and you know yeah no it's a really interesting point because a lot of people will look at that and like ah oh, McDonald's is bad for you pizza it's bad for you and like you shouldn't have it and 
in most cases, yeah, you probably shouldn't have a ton of it. But like we were talking about in your situation, we just got to get the calories in. It's like you were saying earlier, your coach had you guys running, doing conditioning, two a days, some crazy stuff, even in the middle of your season. So like figuring out ways to get more calories in, in that case, mm-hmm. Pizza Hut might not have, might not have been the worst thing in the world. Um, but yeah, was that the situation in most of the countries you've played in or was it, did it kind of vary as far as like accessibility to food and stuff like that? Uh, it just, it, de- it depended on each country, yeah. but most countries, no. Um, you know, when I played in the Philippines, it's very Westernized mm-hmm. and the grocery stores are like high end grocery stores out here and you get, um, great food for cheap and you know, you'll walk down the street, there'll be an Outback Steakhouse, there'll be California Kitchen. So you, you know, you feel right at home. So it's much easier to not only cook, but choose those alternate options when you're out and just eat a little bit healthier. Definitely. So going back to like your younger guys, so what, what are you normally doing with them in the off season? Like when you're home for the summer, like what does that typically look like? So, um, so for me, Man, there's so many players. I don't even know where to start. Uh, when it's when it's summer, like my 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 high school, college, and then yeah. my pro guys, I'm like really like laser focused on. So for them, mm-hmm. I create development programs. Um, I break down their game. I watch a ton, a ton of film. And I know a lot of trainers don't do this, but I'm not. You know, I I approach this like I do basketball. I'm not trying to be like everybody yeah. else. I'm not trying to just be in it for for cloud or you know people think i know a lot no i'm I'm trying to be the best so i'm really trying to make it so when my guys go on to college or you know they transition juco to college or high school to prep or whatever it may be that they're they're ready you know they're they're just like masters at their crafts they're ready to step into that system and they already know how to dominate they're comfortable within that system um you know so yeah we just we just prep um, you know, we go through what, what they need to in the weight room. Um, cause that's a huge part. Like a lot of kids, you know, they, they lift with their friends, especially once they get to college, they, yep. they just kind of like lift heavy or, you know, they're trying to do the Vertimax and they don't understand yep. the biomechanics behind everything and, you know, how to get the maximum athleticism out of their own body. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really dealing, um, with them and then, with my travel ball program, the creators, um, we have kids ages six all the way up to like 16, 17. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, yeah, just a bunch of, a bunch of development for them. Obviously AAU season, um, you know, guys who are pros coming in, I try to really, um, you know, develop them for the next season, help them get placed, things like that. Awesome. So obviously in an ideal scenario, you'd be with them in person doing everything like camps, practices, tournaments, all this stuff. What are you doing now to kind of adapt to the situation um, so that these guys can, can still progress, still make progress, even with the whole coronavirus quarantine situation going on? Yeah. So uh, right now, as you're saying that, like my phone is like, my phone's buzzing. And um, <laughs> One of my players is actually texting me because he doesn't know what to do because um, he's he's transferring from a D1. Okay. And he has a bunch of D2s offering him, but he feels like, you know, he could play in the Big West and he knows he can. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so just right for right now, a lot of it is doing whatever I can to get guys ready. So, like, with him, is yeah. 
it's just helping him figure out what's best for him personally um, for school next year, what's going to put him in the best position for his end all goal, which is, uh, you know, ending up going overseas. And then what we've been doing is we've been doing like a bunch of zoom workouts for our travel ball team. Um, you know, I, I was trying to work out guys as much as I could. We were, we were doing like outside workouts because a lot of the college yeah. guys are home. Um, but yeah, right now, just trying to be as safe as possible. And just, you know, the more we stay in the house, obviously the quicker this will be over with. So hopefully we get a big piece of our summer back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Well, as we're coming to the end of the video, or, uh, to the end of the interview, um, just one more question. Like if you had to give one piece of advice to a younger athlete kind of coming up, it could be on the court, off the court stuff. Like what would it be? Oh man. One, it's gotta be limited to one. That That's the tough It'd part. Be like one minute. <laughs> um, there's no wrong answer, man. Uh, it, it's tough to just come up with one, you know, there's, there's just so many elements to being a great athlete, but you know, I feel like, I feel like, these days is just be different you know everything you do the way you walk the way you talk the way you carry yourself the things that you say to yourself when people aren't around the way you approach the game the way you work on the court at practice you know when people are there the way you work away from basketball when people aren't there and the cameras aren't there and there's no snapchat or instagram or you know lights cameras none of that i think just everything you if you want to make it to a level that 99% of people aren't going to make it. You have to be 99% different in everything you do than those people. Yeah. You have to outwork them. You got to take things serious. Like, I mean, nutrition, just like every little thing that can make a 1% oh, difference. For sure. You really have to, to take full accountability of that and, and, and push to the limit. Absolutely, man. And then for everyone um, listening to the podcast, where can they find more of what you're doing? Uh, on social media and then hopefully once everything reopens up like what you're doing with your travel program training all that stuff definitely um you guys can follow me at the real t stat that's my personal page where you you'll see like me overseas a lot and you know playing in the drew league and my personal stuff um and then as far as my business uh you can just follow me at stadium academy that's on instagram twitter facebook youtube um yeah and i'm very approachable you guys can always message me dm me any questions you have you know you need help with anything like uh, man i'm an open book i want to do nothing but help people love it man well dude thank you so much for coming on this is a really good interview definitely bro i appreciate your time hey just want to say thanks for listening all the way to the end of the episode and remember if you haven't already the link to get your free copy of the four nutritional mistakes that are destroying your athletic performance is down below all you need to do is enter your name and your email and it's all yours completely for free that 40 page ebook as well as a free video series that comes along with it going over the four most common nutritional mistakes that i see athletes make all the time that are really limiting your potential on the court. So if you're trying to really maximize what you're doing, get the most out of your workouts, especially when we're at home during quarantine, you're really gonna wanna pay attention to these things. So definitely get that free copy down below. It's the first link in the description. And uh, yeah, again, thank you for listening all the way to the end. Really appreciate your support. And I will see you on Monday for our next episode.